Hello everyone. Happy Sunday or whatever day you're listening to this. Today's episode is with Garrett Saffron. He plays football at a team in Japan. So he's living over in Japan right now. Um, Played football at Sacramento State in California before he moved overseas. He's played in Austria, he's played in Germany, he's played in Italy, and is now living in Japan playing for a team over there. So really fortunate. Met him uh, through a mutual friend and I feel really thankful. It was funny when we were trying to plan it because I didn't take into account that he is living 16 hours, 15 hours ahead of us in Denver. So definitely um, very thankful for Zoom and for the internet, but really interesting conversation. The first person I've spoken with who's still playing their sport, but still can speak to experiences I've had, experiences other people have had with the in-between and that transition period between college and playing professionally and what it held for him. So enjoy today's episode and we will talk soon. Garrett Saffron on today. He is from the States, but living in Japan right now playing football, which is pretty sweet. We were just chatting about the Olympics and how he hasn't really seen much going on. Obviously, there's not any tourists and fans traveling through Japan right now, but pretty cool that same same place that's happening. So hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Super excited about uh, what you got going on and things like that. So I'm ready to get on to it. Yeah, so Garrett and I were connected through someone I go to the gym with. We met briefly a couple weeks ago, but I don't know all that much, and I'm excited to learn more about his journey. So we will start talking about how you ended up in Japan. So I guess working backwards from there. Got you. Okay, so yeah, currently uh, in Japan right now, my third season before I came to Japan, I played, I actually coached for a little bit at Snow College, which is a JUCO out there in, in Utah before I came out here. And then before that, played in Austria, before that, played in Germany, and before that, played in Italy. And then obviously before that, came on as a walk-on to Sacramento State. So that's kind of how it all tied together, um, working all the way down. Sweet. Thanks for sharing that. What is the level, I guess, the difference in levels between college and then each country and now? Okay, yeah. Um, So the level is not as high out here. um, You find players playing just for the love of the game. And then they bring in Americans as the professionals or say it is a super cool experience. I think that in Europe, that's that's basically what it is, is for the experience. You're able to go ahead, travel the world a little bit, meet some new people, dive into new cultures, kind of learn about yourself as you travel the world and things like that. So super uh, overall, super cool experience um, as far as the competition is not as high, but overall, the experience was amazing. Yeah. I know, and I was kind of wondering about the language barrier. Obviously, each country you go to, if you have Americans coming in, you're probably all speaking English. Does each team speak English as well? 
Um, every country I've been to kind of has its own language barrier, how we handle it. In Italy, many of them actually spoke English. So that was like the easiest place to kind of get around. And their team that I play for is actually like one of the best teams in Italy. And they welcome you in like as family right off the airplane. In Germany, um, it's more import-based. So this is kind of interesting. In, in Italy, you're allowed two Americans. In Germany, you're allowed four Americans, but as many dual passports. We had four Americans, but all our defense was import-based. So we had dudes from like the UK, Finland, Sweden, Hungary, Australia, all over the world. It was one of the coolest experiences because we kind of all lived in like uh, college housing, which it was, I lived with like six other dudes. And right next door was a group of five other dudes. So it was just like one big party. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was uh we all kind of stuck together, didn't really didn't really engage too much with the German actual German players on the team. There was enough of us to kind of, you know, have a good time and things like that. And then in Austria, which was also like one of the best teams in Austria, their coach was American and they all spoke pretty good English as well. We, you're allowed two Americans out there. All the teams I play for are like top five to seven in Europe. So there's like the best football you could play out there. Yeah. And in Austria, that was one of the hardest because it was like German and most of their players spoke German and didn't really have that import base from Germany. I tried to learn a little bit, but it, it was super tough. And then in Japan, uh, we have kind of like a translator and things like that. Okay. It's like the toughest out here. Language barrier is definitely the toughest, but there's so many different experiences. It's kind of hard to kind of dive into exactly the specifics in each one. But how is the transition between each team oh. mentally? So going through from Italy, we lost in the championship. Um, I wanted to come back and compete for one, but unfortunately they went a different direction. So you're like seven months on, like five months off. Uh, so I went back home for the five months, didn't really know what I was going to do. Reached out to teams, team reached out to me, kind of going through that whole recruiting process again. Germany reached out, which is like the best league in Europe. Initially, I was like, okay, like if I'm going to play, I want to play for the best, kind of compete with the best out there. And I was able to go on a really good team. And unfortunately, we lost in the playoffs. And I was like, man, I want to come back and compete again. <laughs> but unfortunately, they had a different direction. And so I went through that whole process again. I was just like, oh, my God, kind of a little stressful. Like, Here we go again. Yeah, team reaching out to me. And then Austria, which is like, Right behind Germany, the team that I play for, they say, competes with one of the top teams in Germany. So it's, it's actually one of the best footballs, again, that you play out there. I was like, okay, like, I'll go play for them. And uh, we lost in the championship. <laughs> and I was like, man, I want to come back and compete again with them. But they had different plans also. <laughs> so... So none of the teams I played for actually wanted me to come back as much as I wanted to come back. So I went through that whole process so many times. And then I was supposed to go back to Europe. And I was like, okay, I'm going to play my last season in Europe. And then one of my teammates, who's one of my teammates now in Japan, played a year before me out here. And they said that they were looking for a quarterback. And he's the one who actually like kind of set that up to bring me out here. Played in Japan on a one-year contract. And then they're actually the team. And we lost a new championship too. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> but they they actually wanted me back. So they signed me to a three-year contract after okay. that. So now I'm 
feel a little more comfortable calling like this place home and things like that. But it was a roller coaster of a ride of transitioning to teams and, you know, finding a home or like trying to make it feel like home and things like that. But I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at now through, through the journey. I mean, it's nice. I'm sure that three year deal where you're like, oh, all right. I know at least for now, the next three right. years I am here. Right. And I can <laughs> I have to pack my stuff here. up. Right. Don't have to move. What did that senior year into after senior year look like for you? Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna start a little bit before that into like my freshman year uh, into high school, going into high school, because that's also like a little part of the reason that I hopped on this podcast was kind of to talk about like, what do I do now? Feeling a little lost. Um, even after high school, I started for two years, junior and senior year. And I didn't get any looks or get any kind of calls or recruited at any zero, no, no recruit, like nobody was calling me. Um, did everything I, I, I had to do, went to camps, kind of reached out and tried, tried all that. And uh, even after high school, I thought I was gonna be done playing football. So I didn't really, I thought I was gonna go to like a party school and party. That was like my initial thought, I was completely lost. My coach called me like last second, told me Sac State wanted to bring me up on an official visit. Basically, they're going to offer you. So I thought I was going to get a scholarship. Went there. They offered me a preferred walk-on. Came back home, called my coach crying. I was like, man, I ain't going to play football no more. Like, I'm done. Like, it's over, basically. He was like, no, it's not done for you. You got to keep going. My coach uh, from high school, Travis Clark, he's the one who kind of initiated this whole process of everything that I kind of just explained that roller coaster ride. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I would be playing football anymore. So super cool to still keep in contact with him and kind of uh, have that relationship. Yeah, even after that, I was after high school, lost. Didn't know what to do, but just kept on battling. Found a way to keep on, keep on pushing forward and things like that. So went to Sac State as a walk-on. Uh, eventually became a starter freshman year, freshman player of the year, honorable mention sophomore year, all conference, junior and senior year. Did some amazing things, won a lot of games, broke a lot of records. Obviously, I thought I was going to go to play in the league, NFL. Um, trained in Arizona with my quarterback coach, went to my pro day, and then the draft process started. And that whole process was like crazy, crazy, crazy process. How long was that process? like four or five months at least and then uh the draft is like end of april mm-hmm. and then um you kind of report to like three like a uh, mini camp and things like that so i trained from february march april draft process was end of april and then got a call after the draft i thought i was going to get drafted after the draft uh the raiders called me and said do you want to come to three to our three-day mini camp so I went there, kind of competed a little bit, and then nothing happened after that. And after that, I didn't know, like, what to do. I'm still, like, kind of lost for words. I'm kind of lost explaining it because, like, I didn't really know where my emotions was. I just knew that I didn't want to stop playing football, and that was stripped away from me without my consent. Everything I ever knew or everything, like, I ever worked for taken away from me, and that was kind of hard to cope with, and I didn't really under- understand it at the time. I didn't necessarily know at the time that athletes actually uh, go through these type of things and these emotions and just uh, not being able to play the game that they love. Where exactly do they go from there? Started getting calls after the summer from teams in Europe. 
And I was like, man, I don't even know where Europe is. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> but essentially through that time, all the way until like November is when I signed to go play in Italy. Look you get to have like something to train, train for again. Right, right, right. So look, something to look forward to. What was that first, the first day of being back on the field after not thinking you'd be able to play with the team right. again? It was interesting. I think that I wasn't myself still. I kind of was feeling like I had a lot to prove, feeling a little upset about things not working out uh, the way that I wanted them to. And nobody really even knew it. But mentally, I was just, I was a little mad, um, kind of playing out of anger, not necessarily like playing like my, myself or like having the most fun uh, playing. But I definitely still enjoyed it just to be able to be out there in like a team setting and things like that. It took me that year to kind of learn that my road might be different. What do you think is something that would have made that transition easier? I think that if I had somebody to kind of help me out through that process or kind of reach out a little bit more, I kind of handled it on my own. Uh, no one re really even knew. Cool thing is like I had habits still from college that I was able to incorporate in that process. So I was able to get out of bed and kind of force myself to work out because that was like the main thing I knew how to do so I was like go to the park and do like footwork go to the park and play basketball I completely did it on my on my own to have someone like a mentor or someone to talk to about it I think could have made it a little bit easier I kind of had a little ego and do it on my own the people you see and you hear about are the ones who have made it but you don't think about like all the work that's put in to the people who maybe didn't make it to that level or what they're doing now and all the other opportunities that are still available, uh, right, right, right. especially in I football. I mean, there's not, there's the NFL and that's like the right. highest level. Right, right, right. Everyone kind of goes through their own story too, which is, which is pretty wild. I mean, we, we're here, we talked about the Olympics um, and it's kind of crazy that we're having this podcast on this day, but even like Simone Biles, which is like one of the top greatest athletes in her sport, maybe in the Olympics of all time, came out and saying that she wasn't in like the right mental state the media automatically assumes that it's a physical injury they don't even realize that mental can be like just as hurtful to the body her coming out like that is like super powerful and uh, just like to show people actually go through these kind of things and you're definitely not alone you're at the top of your game and you're still going through it it's kind of a crazy crazy little uh, situation yeah i'm glad you brought that up and it i mean it's so similar to what you were saying when you went to Italy, you said, you know, physically I looked fine. I was acting like I was fine, even around my friends before that, right. but mentally I was not all there or not like Little fully lost, healed. Lost. And so I think that is important, like seeing athletes who just because they don't have a physical break or a physical strain, they, right. the brain is so like, they're still struggling mentally. And I think too, right. what I was think about is when you have an injury you have a prognosis and a timeline it's going to take six weeks to nine weeks to heal but right. when it's mentally there's no prognosis it's just we're used to having a deadline and we're used to having right a time frame and that's not and so it's hard to for people to come out and say but then also for other people to hear and grasp because I can't imagine being at that level I mean I watched Olympics and it was swimming and three or four commercials that we watched Simone Biles was in and right. it's incredible the impact I mean it's just 
it shows how big of an impact she's had on people. But also, I think this is going to be one of her most significant positive impacts that she can have on people. I agree. I agree. Saying, I can compete, but I'm choosing not to because I'm valuing myself and my mental well-being over this sport, which is okay. Which is super powerful. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that people who go through that, going through it now, but when they look back at it, I know for me, it's like one of the like best things that could have happened to me. I kind of took it as a positive. Definitely just like recreated myself during that time and was able to like shed off that old skin and kind of build myself back up and things like that. I know it's kind of weird to kind of think about, but if you like take it as a positive and continue to push forward and, and you know, kind of ride the wave of life, you know, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but as long as you stay like even keel through it all, I think in the, in the future and you have faith, it'll all work out for you. Yeah. And you were just talking about you kind of rebuilt yourself and shed off that old skin. How would you describe yourself now versus while you were playing in college and just after college? I think that in college, I was a little like immature. I think that I was, I thought that I was somebody bigger than who I was. Um, Definitely thought that I was the cool guy, um, very popular or like got a lot of attention but essentially now honestly no one really cares uh much more humble really in tune in my craft and trying to perfect that and not really worried about outside noise um really just like honed in onto my own like spiritual being and things like that so uh definitely like a a 180 to what it was in college just like going through that whole process of the ups and downs helped me turn into like who i am now all, all about like spreading love, positivity, trying to get back to to the game because it's given me so much. I know you have a company. How did that start and how does it tie into what you're doing? Yeah, so uh, I started a brand called Infinity Moments. Kind of give you a little background. It's strategically spelled M-O-M-3-N-T-S. M-O-M represents my mom. Uh, the three represents me and my two older brothers. That's like my foundation. Uh, moments is everything that I've been through to kind of who to create who I am today. Infinity stems from all the moments that are continued to create. The mission statement behind it is just living in the moment, living from the past to kind of better our future. Started a lot by just, you know, having those experiences. I just kind of want to document it, uh, document it all. Uh, started posting a lot of pictures on Instagram, just like capturing a lot of content, creating a lot of content because, you know, at the end of the day, like all you remember is those moments throughout your life, you know what I mean? So I kind of not necessarily like wanted to relive them, but just kind of have them. So when like the future me, I was able to kind of look back at it because I'm so locked into what's happening right now that um, you don't really get a chance to look back all the time. So when it's all said and done, maybe uh, I'll get a chance to kind of look back and, you know, see how far I came. Yeah. When did that start? So even that whole process was kind of going through like insecurities and doubt and like fear and things like that. I didn't really know what I was doing. I watched a lot of like Gary Vee and he loves content, just post content. So um, started in Europe, um, gathered a lot of content in Italy, in Germany. That's when I started my other Instagram uh, at Infinity Moments and then just started posting on there. And then in Austria, that's when I got my first camera and started creating like YouTube and I uh, got my own YouTube channel now. And then in the process from Europe to Japan, that's kind of when I started taking a lot more like initiative and not necessarily build it around content, but also learn to sell, which is also like a, a whole new like skill to learn. Um, so I kind of just been learning like 
this whole time how to create content how to like edit how to post on youtube how to you know create merch how to go through that whole process i have a lot of friends back home who have their own company and things like that so they're cool to kind of look up to and kind of you know collaborate with on like what i should be doing taking over this past year and a half website uh, merch posting merch posting on instagram and it's all like creating those habits and things like that so once i like maybe i don't post some i feel a little guilty but yeah it's uh, it's been super fun super creative um it allows me to you know kind of read these like motivational quotes and allows me to really be locked in what's going on right now it's awesome too i think right now your profession and your job and you i mean you're playing football that's what you do and so it's cool to have a different outlet especially for when you are able to be creative in in a different way and you're able to learn something new and be new at something because you haven't been new at something i'm sure in a long time for sure yeah it's uh it's been fun to kind of you know dive in to like i guess business world i don't really treat it as like business more like my little like side hustle things i like to have fun with it allows me to be present too so as i'm spreading this message i'm also like working on myself so it's kind of like a little dynamic duo right there which i really enjoy so um, a little two yeah. for one deal exactly so i continue to like you know talk to myself in a positive way continue to like manifest continue to pray got all these like different quotes on my little board right here yeah it allows me to uh continue to stay locked in and, and like happy at the end of the day that's awesome i'm sure that is nice too it's like that's how this has been kind of started just as a little project that right. it helps me like i get to hear so many different perspectives and things come up for me that i didn't even realize were there and it is nice to know i mean just even with someone Biles, she's the best in the world and she still feels the way i felt before right. makes a little more human I know that I've talked a lot about myself. I know that I would like you to open up a little bit about yeah. you know, me and things like that and how you started this whole process too. Uh, I'm not sure if you have opened up about it in any other podcast, but you know, there's going to be the best ones. So, you know, <laughs> I'm supposed to be all out there. <laughs> um, kind of, but I basically, I was really struggling and it was kind of the same how you were saying. I didn't realize how much I was struggling and I kind of, put on a face uh, I moved and so I didn't have my same community so I was still trying to build that so I kind of had to put on a face so I can meet people and started saying yes to things and when COVID hit I realized I'm sure a lot of people felt this way about my routine was taken away from me and so I went from starting my day on the field coaching but I still played with the girls every day and was still in that really highly competitive environment to nothing didn't really wasn't really motivated to work out too much kind of like got into cooking a lot more but the one thing that I fell in love with I didn't really have and so it like crossed my mind about talking to people about it as far as I think it'd be a really awesome research but I didn't really like pursue it and then I started grad school and so when I started grad school that's when it kind of became palpable in the sense of like oh, I can make a career out of talking to people and whether it's doing research for a university or that. Um, And whenever people would ask, oh, what's your dream job? I didn't know how to explain it because it doesn't really exist as far as I want to be a therapist, but I don't want to work with people in like everyday situations. I would rather work with athletes who are transitioning from 
sport to life. And so um, that's where I started to dive in. And with school, I think helped do research. Even like all my papers that are right now, it's based around either disordered eating and athletics or like after and what that transition looks like. And there's so much research that says, you know, research is mostly done with student athletes and stress levels and student athletes that are currently playing, but not as much stress levels after and what that anxiety looks like after, as well as in professional athletes, which has come out a lot now. I mean, just like we're saying, Simone Biles, Michael Phelps has talked about about it, um, Allie Raisman. So lots of big time athletes who are starting to not find a voice, but use the voice that they have and use the platform. Um, So that's kind of how I got into it. And then talking to people, realizing like, oh, I'm still on this journey of healing and it's not linear at all. I'm never going to play at the level I played. And I know that. And so like coming to terms with that, but then also finding things that make me feel the same purpose or the same value. Not that you should find like value in yourself in your sport, but I think I'm competitive. And so like I look left and right to see like where my value lies, which I I'm trying to like find a different habit of that. So finding that habit. Um, but yeah, it's been hard. And I think this has helped a lot. Just like you were saying, I get to listen back and hear all these inspirational quotes and inspirational statements or experiences. And each one has been so different, which is incredible. And you're the first person I've spoken to that's still playing, but still had the same experience between and maybe even during. And so it's incredible to hear that is still applying to you, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's super cool. Um, that you're doing this and uh, very supportive of it in college. I know that now athletes are allowed to get paid, but in our time, like, it's literally up against, like, NCAA. Like, you can't do anything. It's, I mean, like, we had people get, like, fined. Like, yeah. our program got fined. I know, like, my roommate, freshman year of college, was given a hat. Someone gave her a hat. I don't know how our school found out coach whatever right. but like it was big not a big deal but it was like not good and so now for all, which is right and so students are able to like make more than their coaches in some instances I mean there's going to be some guys some girls who are going to be making lots of money I don't know I go back and forth I think the NCAA makes a lot of money off of athletes they did not make a lot off money which is fine uh but I know there's definitely some people who it doesn't seem fair. Um, I just think it's hard to regulate. I'm curious to see in a few years what it's going to look like for athletes, maybe who who aren't able to play, but are going to make a ton of money. And so what, what is that going to look like as far as their mental well-being? What is that going to look like for their transition? And what is that going to look like for different habits that they are going to now learn a lot earlier in college than they would right. later in co- later after college? Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to be a a pretty wild little situation we got on our hands. But I think it's kind of cool that these athletes kind of get to dive into the real world while in college. They get to start their business. I know athletes are selling merch. Um, Obviously, they're going to have to pay like taxes and things like that and kind of like go through that whole process, which I had nothing like I didn't know anything about until after college. I still Um, don't. Yeah, exactly. It's still like a crazy crazy like it's hard it's not definitely not easy uh but they kind of get to dive in and kind of have mentors and help and like sign contracts to people who 
mentor them and things like that too in our time like or at least for me i wasn't able to do any of that until like after college i was able to finally start the youtube or like create content and things like that or try to like build uh some based off my name or something like that but i think that it is very important for people who coming out of college in college to just try new things and you know see what they like what they don't like and continue to chase after like whatever their dream is whatever like itch they have move forward on that passion what is the walkout song of your life if you had to pick one song to reflect your life one song to reflect my life that's a tough question because nothing is coming to mind <laughs> <laughs> the only artists are coming to my brain okay who j cole okay it's my favorite travis, artist travis scott i don't know i only got an artist i only got j cole for you <laughs> i don't know why he's getting pretty good at that but it's not really working out right now yeah he's really good with his words and like kind of building up a, a vision for for what he has to say and things like that yeah i love that well thank you so much for chatting i know right now it's tuesday here and it's wednesday there correct is, yeah i'm just getting my day started over it's here it's crazy amazing well thank you for having me i really enjoyed this experience continue to push through this message because i think it's super powerful and uh thank you so much for kind of taking control of, of it all so i appreciate you